Hello, this is Daniel Mounter, the Englishman in Montreal. In my last podcast, I looked at the um, people leaving Exclusive Brethren, and I mused on the subject of Exclusive Brethren followers who left as a family or as a couple. So in this episode, which is titled Nature versus Nurture, I want to look at the challenges facing ex-exclusive brethren and their significant others or those close to them, whether it be friends or partners. Um, in this episode, I want to detail some of the pitfalls as well as the positive aspects that face those who leave the system for whatever reason. I can't look too much into the reasons. Um, as I said, this podcast is mostly referring to my experience and it's mostly biographical in the sense that almost everything that I'm saying here could be verified by a third party. I don't want to dip too much into opinions unless I clearly state whether they're my opinions or somebody else's. Um, I mentioned in my previous podcast the, um, the cautionary tales which are used as a, a threat by exclusive brethren followers to keep their followers and some of those are very real threats they are quite well-founded warnings um, I'll explore into those in a little bit more detail so I divided more or less into three uh, things the subjects I want to explore and that would be the XEB and the impact that lifestyle has on their personal life and relationships after leaving. Uh, secondly, those who become close to or already are close to an ex-exclusive brethren follower. And then if there's time, I want to look a little bit more at the bigger impact on society and culture and the positives and negatives that come along with the experience of growing up in the exclusive brethren system. So firstly, for the person who leaves or chooses to leave the exclusive brethren system I'm often surprised by people's remarks that uh, growing up in such a highly specialized highly controlled system as the EB must have effed up my mind or my psyche and um, it's often quite a surprise to regular people to discover that the ex-exclusive brethren are not generally as messed up as you might be forgiven for thinking. The, uh, the brainwashing and the extremes seen in other cults and even sects are not actually as extreme as they might be presumed. And that's because of popular knowledge tends to relate to uh, cults that have been exposed, like Waco and other more extremist ones where followers have taken their own lives. It doesn't uh, diminish how insidious the indoctrination is and the trauma and the difficulties that ex-exclusive brethren experience are, though. Um, or how out of place or not belonging these people may feel in certain circumstances. I mean, in some social circumstances, people from 
the exclusive brethren system might feel like they're from another planet when normal people are making cultural references, for example, to TV or popular fiction. And what would, for me, say that uh, most people are not as messed up once leaving the exclusive brethren, as people might be forgiven for thinking, is that the majority have made at some point the massive choice to leave, to leave a way of life, an entire system of control, which is often the only one they've ever known, the only social circle they've ever known. And the very fact they survived indicates a massive achievement that can often offset things which uh, other people regard as lifetime achievements, uh, academic for example. So there are certain issues which are inevitably faced when moving out of a strict system of control and being cast on your own resource and initiative. One of the biggest issues, an ongoing issue for almost everyone who for whatever reason, chooses not to follow the exclusive brethren anymore, is the incomplete grieving for those who are actually alive, but for all intents and purposes may be considered dead. This has to do with the EB principle of separation, which they apply so rigidly it's applied even within blood relations. So a person of my age in middle age leaving potentially leaves behind elderly parents whom are taught to regard this person as not only outcast but as dead to them and this results in some very difficult to resolve situations where the parents to resolve in the mind of the person who left the EB system the parents have to be more or less regarded as dead but there is still the daily possibility that there may be some other news. There's always a faint hope that the EB system may crumble and release the final few people who are remaining within it. Um, also, they have the issue that um, they're very behindhand, the EB system, on informing relatives who are no longer following the system when the parents pass away or when family members pass on. So the grieving may not only be incomplete, but it may be delayed significantly. So there's always going to be a background of um, loss and a certain amount of grief for those who are left behind. I think this is uh, similar to that experienced by people leaving the North Korean regime. Because effectively, although there is a limited amount of contact permitted recently, there is still huge restrictions on that, and people are not able to visit at will or to contact at will their relatives on the inside without it being surveyed or strictly controlled, at least on the side of those who are currently still following the EB system. There may be a lot of coping skill issues as well with the former EB followers. They may not be used to expressing outwardly many emotions in 
confiding, seeking help, or calling on friends, due to the fact that uh, regardless of how strong friendships are within the EB system, friendships with 100% confidentiality are discouraged by those people in the sense that you are encouraged to rat on your friends and to report anything which is seen that would compromise their uh, their principles, their uh, restrictions and rules. So people uh, tend to not find it easy to confide or to cope with emotions that can't be easily expressed because they've not been allowed to be expressed before. A big issue is also that um, misplaced confidence in so-called priestly persons who are people the XEB member follower should have been able to trust but who have taken things in confidence and then diffused them among their families or cronies and this has then worked back into a form of blackmail against the person who thought they had this person's confidence so that it's very difficult for XEB followers to instantly trust people with the same level they might have trusted for example parents or family there is a certain naivety which I prefer to call exploitability obviously somebody coming from a closed culture a very restrictive society and a complete system is going to have some exploitable flaws um, such as their unfamiliarity with how the legal system works with their their unfamiliarity with their rights for example and exactly who they can call on for help in certain situations that would be um, a vulnerability that these people could fall into the hands of charlatans and abusive people or people who would simply exploit the um, the lack of worldly knowledge if you like that inevitably quite a few ex-exclusive brethren would have I don't like the word naivety because to make a decision to leave the exclusive brethren system takes a massive amount of personal resource and courage and I don't think Strictly speaking, a naive person would be prepared to believe anything without first testing it against whatever system they use to make that decision to leave. Um, there is also the virginity, not the physical virginity, but the virginity of so many experiences these people have not had, uh, such as they may have never been to a concert or... Um, made a purchase of certain things they may not have enjoyed certain luxuries and these uh, first-time experiences can be exploited by unscrupulous people or societies to draw and attract XEB followers in I won't say that's a rule but it has happened to quite a few people enough to make it worthwhile cautioning those who are thinking of leaving into being very careful to test 
what kind of a system they're getting themselves into before venturing that way. There is a certain level of immaturity too, whether it be uh, moral or intellectual or even romantic, which might make it difficult without the experience of growing up um, through adolescence and through early 20s in a system where they can safely test the outside world. A lot of these these immaturities uh, have to be fast-tracked when somebody suddenly finds themselves cut loose in the big outside world. And those, um, those certain deficits or unmatured aspects, they're, they're sometimes a stumbling block to good relationships and good friendships that could potentially be there for ex-exclusive members. Obviously with such a uh, closed society there are quite a high number of potential buried traumas, depressions and abuses and it's quite possible that an ex-exclusive brethren might be carrying some kind of faulty coping mechanism such as alcohol abuse or even self-harm which was badly dealt with or not dealt with at all in the system um, which is then awoken by the anxiety and trauma of being uh, cast on their own resources that's not to say that uh, people are of an unsound mind when they leave the group or that they are ignorant in any way it's simply to say that uh, certain ex-exclusive brethren followers may find it very difficult to talk about things which other people are used to sharing. Um, males, I think, suffer worse because they have a certain um, expectation to be resourceful and perhaps not to show their emotions as much even as the females. But it carries for both genders too. There is a behavioural aspect too, which is can be somewhat worrying for the ex-exclusive brethren follower. And that's um, concealing or squirrelling and quite secretive behaviour that might result as it might result from years of having to hide certain things that most people consider legit whilst on the inside of the EB system and then these behaviours are carried over into later life. It might be something serious like hiding the quantity of alcohol consumed or cheating in a relationship but it, it can be something as simple as only listening to music through earphones or hiding to watch TV in bed. These kind of behaviours may seem a little unusual but they did broadly comparable to, for example, a prisoner of war being released from prison and having an abundance of food, but still choosing to hide food under their bed to uh, establish a kind of hoarding behavior because of experience of being impoverished before. So I think there is a certain element of cunning and sneakiness which may emerge. And this is 
highly autobiographical for me, as I know that uh, certain of those characteristics of hiding stuff, I became a good expert at hiding away legitimate things, which were, however, banned by the EB system. And since that time, I've been good at uh, building bookcases and concealing doors and uh, false floorboards, this kind of thing. So it's something that can be exploited for good, but it's still sometimes seen as unusual by those who are not used to it. The absence of critical thinking is a big problem. And without further education, a lot of EB followers um, never receive a good training in critical thinking. The overruling principle within their system is if you don't understand it, don't oppose it. And to not challenge the status quo, not to rock the boat. So there may be an absence of being able to think for oneself within the group. For the uh, ex-exclusive follower, <clears throat> there can also be some social and cultural awkwardnesses. Um, often this is only centered around uh, a lack of knowledge of popular culture and a feeling of not belonging. But it may also be that they're unused to behaving in a certain way which is seen as standard and thus in things that are unfamiliar like parties or um, even simple things like uh, events there may be a certain lack of knowledge how to behave <clears throat> which the XEB might internalize and then process to think that they are faulty in a way or too different to ever fit in and there is a definite fitting a feeling of not fitting in which is compounded a bit by the teaching of the EB where they teach that uh, those who are born into the system are spoiled for the outside world they will never fully fit in they will never feel a part of it simply because the EB system teaching is supposedly superior um, there are some positive take-homes, though. There is a fantastic uh, aspect that so many things which normal people, I would say regular people, to be better, regular people take for granted. They're all new experiences. The first time attending a concert, for example, instead of being as a child, might now be as an adult who could better appreciate the uh, the beauty of the experience or fully understand the whole experience. Um, the discovery that it's never too late to take a further education unless you're on your deathbed. And this has a knock-on effect on regular people who grew up outside of the EB system too because they can also see how much uh, enjoyment newcomers get from these experiences and find how they were taking them for granted perhaps also XEB tend to enjoy some of the simpler things in life which might not be appreciated so much by somebody who grew up immersed in popular culture simple things like taking a walk or enjoying natural history those kind of things um, 
for a non-EB raised uh, perhaps in a city with little access or interest to the outdoors may grow up uh, on a completely different pathway and may not see those simpler things which can bring so much relaxation and joy. There is another side to being an XEB is especially those who left through choice um, because of disagreement with the principles and the system itself they often have a very low tolerance for bullshit so they can be genuine people easier to get along with and uh, much easier to know exactly where one stands with them not to mention although the EB system demand denies you a lot of skills, a lot of life skills such as uh, CVs and searching for accommodation, things like that. There are certain social skills, um, being democratic in a social situation, um, diplomacy, restraint, that kind of thing. Also being um, able to cook, to be resourceful around the house and do a lot of DIY and the creative side which is encouraged such as playing musical instruments those kind of things are often um, they're often um, downrated by XEBs as irrelevant or stupid or not great things when in fact they help to define the person so there are some positive take-homes as well from being an ex-exclusive brethren. Uh, for the significant others or close friends of the ex-EB, I think there's a few risks which I've taken note of in certain couples I've spoken to and in family and friends of those who were once followers of the exclusive brethren. One of these is the risk of conscious or unconscious exploitation it's the um, the human nature when discovering that you have the power to mold and influence somebody so significantly and to um, to be there with them in their firsts to effectively to take their virginity in so many different aspects it uh, it can increase somebody's sense of importance because to the person who befriends an ex-exclusive brethren follower that person can become almost the whole world, especially if the EB follower leans too heavily on them and relies on them for their entire their entire experience. Um, that's why it's important for ex-exclusive brethren followers to make new friends as from as many diverse groups as they can to know what their choices are after leaving or before leaving if possible. It may also be difficult with somebody living with an ex-exclusive brethren to to see the disconnect that's very important between having a relationship with that person and trying to be a therapist or helper to that person. Uh, the two roles are very different and they really should be separate. Otherwise, the relationship is not likely to be too much of a success. Um, the roles can overlap, but they can uh, also conflict with each other quite severely. One thing which came up in conversation with a lot of friends of XEB followers was the um, 
sometimes they felt very confused because there was a lack of background knowledge. There was no concrete reference. And however much they talked to the ex-member, they still lacked the basic uh, peep speak, the almost unique language used by the EB. And they also didn't understand so many different aspects of the system, the culture around entertaining, for example. And this lack of knowledge sometimes means that they feel they're not really in touch with this person or they haven't connected on a profound level. Um, one serious thing is that somebody embarking on a relationship with an ex-exclusive brethren might be unprepared for emotional deficits and a lack of self-knowledge, lack of self-development in, in the person. Um, the person may not know their mind. And as they mature, becoming a more self-fulfilled person, the nature of the way they see this person may change. So the ex-exclusive brethren always carries a certain danger that there might be a lack of uh, emo emotional or romantic maturity, which would be something scrutinized very carefully by anyone embarking on a relationship with one, not to dis not to um, discourage it, but to know that it's uh, it's quite a significant emotional pressure. Um, other ex-exclusive brethren, partners spouses and friends have told me that sometimes they feel uh, that they have to be very cautious about uh, triggers anything that will trigger a bad memory and really it's not a huge issue um, certain things certain types of music perhaps uh, going into a church of a different faith um, might trigger certain reactions but it's like with any um, other type of trauma the only way to really resolve that and to, to avoid having to feel like you're treading on broken glass all the time is to talk to the person and to really explore what causes the triggers and see if there's ways that they can be encouraged to work through them so they no longer trigger such extreme emotions um, Unfortunately, as there is considerable abuse that happened to people before they left the exclusive brethren, this is something really that only a qualified therapist should be looking into. But a significant other of somebody who left the system can also help by just helping that person to develop out of the out of the trigger, out of the anxiety state, and to learn really good coping skills. But that does take a high level of commitment and it can be very nerve-wracking for somebody who does not know why their partner or their spouse was triggered by a certain thing, if they even know what triggered it. There is a certain pressure too for those who are with um, ex-exclusive brethren who still believe very strongly in certain principles or take a very hard stance, um, the black or white stance on a certain subject particularly. Um, it can be difficult to to level with ex-exclusive brethren because of the mention earlier 
the lack of confidence and the difficulty they have easily confiding in somebody who might be a comparative stranger. On the positive side though, the uh, ex-exclusive member can often be an extremely loyal person and really in enable those they touch, those they come into contact with, to enjoy simple things in life and the things which can be taken for granted, uh, such as financial freedoms and things which some people regard as um, basic human rights but don't realize have had to be fought for for years. It's not simple things like um, entertainment and uh, worldly pleasures, so to speak of, so much as the basic freedoms which have been denied to these people can be appreciated more by those who are close to them when they see how much those things actually mean to the XEB. As a society as a whole and reincorporating former exclusive brethren followers into society, there are some pitfalls and there's some traps and some difficulties. One of the biggest ones is who or what determines what everyday life has to be like. Um, as sometimes ex-exclusive brethren don't have a clear roadmap. Um, does that person let their spouse or their closest friend determine where the rest of their life is going or do they have a clear ambition? And that's why it's important for them to mix with as many different levels of society, as many different diverse groups as they can to help determine where their place in the community will be. And the evolution of the person and the changes in their relationships may also be difficult to deal with and um, there can be a lot of fallout from emotional damage that was done during their experience in the EB system but with the right resources a community can adapt and absorb this person in as a functioning member of society. Um, I think for those who trade in one system for another, for example joining another church, don't experience so many difficulties simply because they have a group of people with them who are broadly understanding of why they feel the way they do or who subscribe to a lot of the same views as them. Um, there is a big benefit to society as a whole though outside of the exclusive brethren which happens when somebody leaves and that is that these people can become advocates for those who are trapped in even more serious cults and regimes, they can become very strong defenders of human rights and speak up for those who don't have a voice. They can also provide resources to those who otherwise would not have the means or the ability to leave these controlling groups. Also, on another note that with um, people leaving the exclusive brethren not only exposes the faults and flaws of this system to the regular outside world but it helps the outside world to understand to a certain extent what goes on within the system and if there's anything that the public as a whole should have a right to know 
this is often the point where it's discovered. So it's a long episode. I thank my listeners who are still with me after 32 minutes. During the next few episodes, I'm going to be going through a typical EB system calendar. And I'll try to keep it um, more of an experience than just a statement of facts. I will basically walk through a week, a week in the life of somebody in the EB system as I experienced it because their calendar incorporates um, an event or a gathering at least every single day of the week and sometimes more than once on a day. So it may be of interest uh, if those who wish to skip through this piece, the upcoming episodes want to, then it will be a new season starting, season three of which I'll be doing some more trailers during later episodes. Thank you very much. This has been Daniel Mounter with the podcast Englishman in Montreal.